So we're still studying about being fruitful, studying the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and once again, we'll go over some of these scriptures we've been checking out over the last several weeks. The very first words that God uttered to mankind was a blessing. That's how much he loves you. He wanted to bless you. You were designed to be blessed. Not only that, the first part of the blessing, the very first words were what? Be fruitful. So the very first words he uttered to mankind was be a blessing because fruitfulness, if you are bearing fruit, we've said it for weeks now, a tree does not bear fruit for itself. Someone else gets to enjoy the fruit of the tree. The tree bears fruit because that's what it is. If it's an apple tree, it's going to bear fruit. If it's a I was driving down my alley and someone had a potted, big potted tree it was a lemon tree. It had a bunch of lemons on it. And it would, they, they had it outside. I guess they'd been storing it in their garage to protect it from the elements, but they had it outside. It was a nice day. I said, look at all that fruit. And the Lord reminded me, the tree, that tree didn't have those lemons for itself. Somebody else is going to get to enjoy it. But what's cool is when you were fruitful, when you are a blessing, you have the ability to multiply. Why? Because fruit bears seed. And we've studied about sowing seed quite a bit uh, at the end of last year. But the, the very first intent that God had for us was to be fruitful. He designed us with the ability to be a blessing, to live a lifestyle. And, and the word fruitful actually means producing fruit, especially in abundance. So he designed you to have a lot of fruit or to be a big blessing in your life. Uh, we were just talking, Jessica and I were talking just right before service about uh, Rochelle. Uh, uh, remind me of the last name. It's uh, Ross, thank you. Rochelle, Rochelle Ross, who uh, recently passed away. She was a huge member of the greater community uh, in the mid-cities here in HEB. Was part of the school board. Made such a huge impact. I was blessed to get to kind of work with her here and there uh, with my involvement early on with the Dad's Club up, up at Viridian Elementary when my girls were attending there. And, and she just, you got around her and she was just full of fruit. She was such a huge blessing so her passing, and she was a wonderful woman of faith. So even though we're sad because she's not with us anymore, and she had she had uh, two beautiful kids, she had she's got a husband that that is still here, and and so it's hard and it's sad. But man, she has stepped into the presence of God and received her reward. But what fruit she left! That was a life that was full and abundant, uh, bearing fruit. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 15, it's part of being disciple. That's what we, we're heading into this year to be disciples, right? We want to learn to be disciples, which means that we are learning to imitate our master. He is our master. He said, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He's still repeating what God said in the very beginning. He said, hey, it, it glorifies my father when you're a blessing. So you will be my disciples. One of, one of the elements of discipleship is bearing fruit, living a life that is a blessing, right? And so, Jeremiah chapter 17, I love this verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. If you have faith in the Lord, if you trust him, you're going to be blessed. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters 
Then it goes on to say, its leaf will be green. That means that the tree is going to be blessed. It's, it's receiving blessing. Why? You can tell because the, the leaf is green. So you're going to be blessed if you trust in God. A personal drought. You can still be blessed enough to bear fruit, to be a blessing. Isn't that awesome? That when you trust in the Lord, he's got you covered, and you can actually be a blessing, even in the worst of times. So this is the type of fruit that we've been learning about. Let's see if we can get it going here. Galatians chapter 5. Uh-oh. Thank you, Sophie. Galatians chapter 5, verse, starting with verse 22. Before we read that, let me just kind of remind you real quick. In Galatians chapter 5, pre- previous, Paul has drawn a comparison. He's, he's talking about living according to the flesh versus living according to the spirit. If you live according to the flesh, which is what we're trying not to do because we're learning to be disciples, which is being spirit-led. If you live according to the flesh, you don't bear fruit. You just get to do the works of the flesh. And the works of the flesh are very self-serving. And he lists some of them out. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Notice the first four things he mentioned are physical actions, which are all self-serving, ultimately destructive, right? Then he gets into more spiritual things, idolatry, sorcery. Idolatry, that's anything you put before Christ. Say sorcery, well, I don't cast spells, I don't weave spells. Are you a manipulator? Do you try to manipulate people or things? Well, that's, the Bible says manipulation is the same as witchcraft. Then it goes on to uh, emotional things. Hatred contentions. Are you a contentious person? Do you argue? Some people just argue for the sake of arguing. You ever notice that? Are you one of these people that say, I need to talk to the manager? You ever had one of them folk come by? (laughs) Jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Woo! The Bible says be angry and sin not. You can get angry. That's one of your emotions. Just don't do the wrong thing. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, man, what's your motivations, right? Dissensions, man, do you participate in dissensions? That's when you get together because you're angry at your boss, so you're going to get together with other employees and say, can you believe that the boss is doing this? Can you do this company? We're going to have to find someplace else to work. And then you cause division, right? Or do you do that within your family? Heresies, that's just not a religious term, that means Spreading things that are absolutely ridiculous. Envy, murders, drunkenness. Ooh, maybe I'm stepping on someone. I'm not telling you you can't have a drink. Drink just doesn't need to have you. That's what I'm saying. Revelries. That's wild parties. And the like. Then he goes on to say this, of which I've told you beforehand. Such, uh, practicing such things will not, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, when you are walking according to the flesh, you're doing things that are very self-serving and actually at times harmful, not only to yourself, but to others. And he said, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Does that mean that you're not going to heaven in the sweet by and by? Hey, that's, that's part of God's territory there. But what I will tell you this, the kingdom of God that we get to operate in, that he gives us authority to live in and function in and walk in covenant with him, you're not going to be able to operate in that. If you're participating in in these actions, but if you're living according to the spirit, that allows you to step into the kingdom of God and the spirit of God in you allows you to be more like a tree. 
you start bearing fruit. You start becoming a blessing to people. And these are the type of blessings that he says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which those three are what we're going to talk about today. Against such there is no law. So in other words, oftentimes when we study about the fruit of the Spirit, we look at it as, whoo, Lord, I need, I need the Holy Spirit to give me some love and to give me some joy, to give me some long-suffering. Notice it says fruit, and fruit is not for the tree. Fruit is for others to enjoy. So you get to bear these things to be a blessing for others. Others are going to be blessed by love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and all this stuff because of you. That's awesome. That's the challenge of this year. Matter of fact, I want to I I encourage you, if you get a chance to be a blessing to someone in some way this week, text me. Let me know. Let's brag on the Lord together. Let's celebrate. It'll pump me up and fire me up. Why? Because that means you're becoming more of a disciple. And that's what I want. I want to become more of a disciple. I want to be able to be a bigger blessing. Every year, my wife and I pray that, Lord, help us to be a bigger blessing this year. Help us to give more of ourselves this year than what we did last year. Why? Because we want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like him. And bearing the fruit of the Spirit is the way to do it. So let's talk about faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control, y'all ready? All right, I think I may have missed one. Jump, jump back for me, one, there you go, faithful. Faithful means this, loyal, conscientious, binding. Those are all good things, man. It means that you're sticking to something, right? True to the facts, to a standard or to an original. In other words, this is a faithful copy, a faithful replica of the original manuscript, or however you want to say it. I like this definition too. Full of faith. <laughs> faith full. It means that you have such faith that you continue walking. You have such faith in the word of God that even when life doesn't seem to line up, you're still going to keep at it. You're still going to keep trusting. You're still going to be doing the right thing. Faithful. It means that you are loyal, that you stick to it. Why is this listed? Because it's one of the attributes of God. John, 1 John chapter 1 and 9. This is some of the best news I've heard all day. If we confess our sins, he is loyal, conscientious, binding. He is full of faith. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Not only that, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or all unrightedness. That means all the crazy ways you think, all the mis interpreted ways you hear or see or all the stupid things you've said <laughs> that isn't right, he will cleanse you from that. Isn't that awesome? That's some of the best news we can hear today is that our God is a faithful God. He is far more loyal to us than what we could ever be to him. Matter of fact, Hebrews 10.23 puts it this way, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. That's speaking some faith. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He's loyal, binding, conscientious. He's going to stick with it. God has given us some promises, and we can hold fast to, y'all know what hold fast means, right? That's kind of an old English way of saying, uh, when I used to, uh, I remember there was one time I was chewing gum while playing drums 
in church when I was a kid. And that was a no-no back then. You couldn't chew gum in church back then, right? And I forgot to spit my gum out before service. And I'm up there playing drums, you know, with the praise team, and I'm chonking away on gum. And when I came off the platform, I, old Tasha Doherty was motioning for me to come sit with her. I said, whew, Tasha, Do- Tasha Doherty wants me to come sit with her. But my mama, Joyce Butler, had a different thing. because She saw me chonking that gum during church. Joyce Butler held fast to David. And I sat with her. And I had to spit that gum into Kleenex or whatever it was. As she threatened my life in Jesus' name. Uh, In other words, you grab hold of something and you don't let go. Right? That's what hold fast means. So you grab hold of these promises into your confession. What's your confession? His word. You confess his word over your life. What does the word confess mean? To say what someone else says. Well, what am I going to say? I'm going to say what God says about my situation. Not what everyone else wants to say about my situation. I'm going to hold fast to it. I'm going to grab hold of it. Why? Because I know it'll happen because he is faithful. Now, when it applies to us, this is the wonderful thing. Proverbs 28, 20 says this. A loyal, binding, conscientious, sticking to a standard kind of man, a faithful man, will abound with blessings. Who wants to abound with blessings? But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. In other words, anyone who's trying to take a shortcut to success, won't, well, well, what, is God going to punish him? No. It's just that dumb decisions have circumstance, or, you know, <laughs> consequences, don't they? In other words, it's usually going to fall apart. There's no, not too many get-rich-quick schemes out there. But faithfulness gets you blessings. When you just do the right thing day in and day out, you're going to be blessed. You know? You can, you can try to say, this month I'm going to read the entire Bible. And some folks will do it, some folks won't. You know, they'll get discouraged. But that's what's so wonderful about the one-year Bible, right? If you just faithfully read, it takes, what, 15, 20 minutes? Just faithfully read every day. By the end of the year, man, you've read the Bible from Genesis to maps, right? Right? Y'all remember? Some, some of y'all been reading the digital Bible way too long, you know? <laughs> you get those old Bibles and there's those maps in the end. In other words... You've read the whole Bible by the end of the year. Why? Because you were just faithful to do it every day, a little bit, every day, right? And, and that's the way things are in the kingdom of God. If you will just faithfully show up and do what he's called you to do, it may not seem much, but before long, it's a huge blessing. And that's what we're trying to do here at the, at the gathering church for, hey, for almost six and a half years, we've been faithfully showing up, having church. And we believe God's going to bless us. Matter of fact, look at, look at the kind of servant Jesus is after. What kind of servant he, he would love. This is Jesus talking. He says, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a, little thing, over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What's the joy of the Lord? Well, that's part of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's saying, hey, you've been faithful over some stuff. Hey, come on into the kingdom. Operate in the kingdom a little bit. And in the kingdom, woo, 
That's full authority. It doesn't matter what nation you live in. If you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, you operate according to those laws and those rules and those blessings. Amen? But he's saying, hey, because you were faithful over a little. That's what we're trying to do here. Praise God. Man, we've been faithful to show up and pay rent and be able to, to, to be part of the, uh, you know, have church right here in the, the Lake Club, the Lakeview Event and Conf- Conference Center. Well, we're believing the day will come that the Lord is going to provide the way for us to have our own place. But until then, we're faithful here. We'll show up and have church here, amen? And pray. Not a bad place to plant a church. It's beautiful here, right? So it's a beautiful place. So praise God for that. Uh, one wonderful example of faithfulness, and I'm going to try to make him turn red today, is David Lamprecht. I can count on one hand, literally, working with him for six years, I can count on one hand the times he's missed on Sunday morning in six years. This guy shows up early. He starts setting up the sound system, starts getting out everything. If there's, if there's an issue, how many realize that when, when, when all the, 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 the third of the heaven angels fell from heaven and became demonic and hit the earth, that they went into electronic equipment? And so sometimes when you're setting up sound systems, what worked last week doesn't work this week for some reason. Uh, but yet, week in, week out, he, matter of fact, he's planned his vacations. He'll tell me, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on vacation this week. Okay, but I'll be back next Sunday. Well, you can take next Sunday. No, no, I'll be good. I'll be good. And so he's planned it to where he just takes vacations in between Sundays. Why? Because he's trying to be faithful to me? No. To the Lord. To his calling. He's got a big blessing in store for him at some point. God's, God's going to say, hey, man, you've been faithful with this. I'm going to make you ruler over this. Isn't that wonderful to know that, hey, if we are faithful, so be faithful to your calling. Be faithful to the work of God. Be faithful to the Lord. And because of that faithfulness, others are going to get blessed. How many of y'all have been blessed to come and worship and sing and hear preaching and all that for the last six years? Well, part of it is due to his faithfulness. See how that fruit has blessed you? Amen. That's good stuff. Let's talk about gentleness. Everyone still with me? Y'all good? Gentleness, or some translations say meekness. It means a mild, moderate, humble, or submissive quality. That sounds horrible. (laughs) I don't know about y'all. It sounds wimpy. I don't want to be a wimp. Say, well, Jesus was, was meek. And, well, yeah, he was. We're going to find out that him going to the cross was meek. But it was anything but wimpy. He wasn't, oh, just tap those nails into my hands and feet. There wasn't anything wimpy about this. If you look at the, the word in the Greek for gentleness or meekness that's used in the New Testament, it's pretty incredible. It's uh, praus. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but to the best of my ability, in the uh, Strong's expository, praus, it means strength in reserve. Now, this opens up a whole new world of what meekness or gentleness is about. Strength in reserve. So the image is this, that you are very skilled with a sword, and you have a very nice sword, but in times of confrontation and escalation, for the betterment of those around you, you keep it sheathed. Now that's some control, that's some power. 
In other words, now I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I know this is big controversial. We're in Texas, which means you can go get licensed to carry. And so many of you are licensed to carry. <laughs> now, fortunately, 99.9% .9 of those who are licensed and carry show great meekness every day. Because if you go to Whataburger and they get your order wrong, you're not pulling that thing out. <laughs> right? I didn't want onions on this. And, or if someone cuts you off on the freeway and gives you the one finger salute, you're not pulling that thing out, right? You're showing control because you realize it's not going to be for anyone's good if this thing gets pulled out. Right? Well, so that's, that's a form of meekness, right? In other words, you have great strength and ability to do harm, but you choose not to, okay? Now, that opens up a whole new world when you read this scripture. Let's see. Y'all pray for this controller. Sophie, help me out. There you go. Matthew 5 and 5 says this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, that's pretty powerful, because a lot of my life, I was like, oh, meek. You know, blessed are those who are just mild and temperate, and I don't want to be that, <laughs> right? Blessed are you when you're a wimp and you let people run you over, because it's okay, because you're going to inherit the earth. Well, that doesn't sound fun to me. But with this understanding of praus, or strength and reserve, if I were going to write the amplified version, if they would let Dave have the pen, it would be this. Blessed are you when you have a weapon and you are extremely skilled with that weapon, but you still keep it holstered or sheathed or under control in the face of escalation. You're blessed. Why? Because you will inherit the earth. Blessed are you when you have strength and reserve. When you know you can, you can rip this person apart, but you don't. I learned this the hard way. The only gift God gave me is the gift to run my mouth. <laughs> and I learned the reason for it. I remember back in school at Sellers Middle School. I was in eighth grade. Sellers Middle School. All I know is kids these days would not be able to handle junior high back when I was in junior high. <laughs> They made us different, didn't they? And they made fun of you no matter what. If you didn't have the right jeans, right shoes, if you had one hair out of place, if your mullet just wasn't looking just perfect, uh, you know, if they didn't like the band on your shirt, if they didn't, you know, if you didn't have the right Ocean Pacific shirt, if you didn't have the brush in the right po back pocket, you know, whatever it was, just ridiculous stuff. They made fun of you. They made fun of me because I got big old giant earlobes that, you know, my head was, had to grow into. All the, I mean, you name it, man. They, this guy, Richard Gore, he'd come in, he'd mouth off of me. He'd even flick my earlobe, all this stuff. And all the girls thought he was wonderful. And they'd all giggle and they'd all mouth. And I finally, after a while, it was in my reading class. After a while, I had enough of it. And it wasn't that I was a wimp. I just was like, man, just... I don't want to get in trouble, all this stuff. I had enough of it because I knew this guy wasn't that intelligent, right? 
I'm about to unleash on this Neanderthal. And I did. I finally, one day, I turned around, and with every word I knew how to pronounce, I cut him down. I made fun of his daddy. I bad-talked his mama. I smack-talked his granny. I mouthed off about his dog, his cat, and spit in his goldfish tank, basically. I mean, I, I like, just, man, it, it was... For a split second, it was a glorious moment. To the point that the rest of the class started laughing at him. Right? And I looked, by the time I was done, I looked at his face, and he was destroyed. And I had no clue. The teacher had to pull me aside after class and let me know what little she could of some of the circumstances he was going through at home. And that he was tore down at home constantly in some abusive situations and that him acting out was the only way he felt like he had any power. And yet I bullied him verbally and I felt horrible in eighth grade. The Holy Spirit talked to me and God told me this eighth grade. He said, I gave you the ability to run your mouth, but you better speak blessings of my word and preach and not use it to ever destroy somebody else. This is a sword. And you can either use it as a scalpel or you can use it as a dagger, right? It's a very sharp object. And so that's why those of you who have walked with me, you, you know, five, about five years ago, I had some crazy things happen in my life. And even some thing, you know, things were said publicly, verbally by a particular individual. And, and I mean, I had attorneys say, this is textbook slander, man. I'll represent you, all this stuff. And God kept telling me, shh. Don't you say anything, I'll take care of it. And people would ask me, why are you being a wimp? I'm just trying to do what God would say. Well, what was he trying to tell me? He's trying to teach me this. Blessed are you when you've got something very powerful, but you keep it under control as not to harm anyone else. That you have strength in reserve. You're meek. Why? Because you'll inherit the earth. Inherit the earth. Think about it. What does that mean? Everything you got is made of earth. Everything you got came from this earth. That means anything you need. That's all provision. And that's how he operates. You don't believe me, you should have been hanging out with me last night. I got back in town last night. Erica said, hey, you got two, two things that came in the mail. First thing I looked, both of them were from medical things. First thing I looked, it was... A bill from the emergency room. My daughter Lily had busted her eye the other week. She had to get sewed up. Praise God for insurance. But even after insurance, I was like, huh, this is about $500. I said, Lord, thank you, because I know you're going to meet this need somehow. Help me inherit the earth. I'm doing my best to be meek. The next thing, it was a, it was a, a letter for, or an envelope from my orthopedic surgeon. And I thought, brother, how much you want from me, brother? I've never been paying, man. I opened that thing up. It was a refund check. How often do you see that? Take a wild guess at how much the refund was. <clears throat> Woo! Thank you for that earth, God. In other words, if you'll just let him fight your battles, be meek, bless somebody rather than tear him down, he's going to take care of you. 
He'll take care of all your needs. Isn't that crazy? You ask my wife. She was sitting right beside me. I said, look at this. <laughs> he, he met that need. All right, let's go to the next one. Take my yoke. Now, Jesus is saying this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I have the ability to control my strength and my power, and I'm lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus, through Jesus, God created the entire world. God spoke the universe into existence. Who do you think he spoke through? His word. Who's his word? Jesus. Jesus was there in the beginning. The book of John tells us that. That's some power. And yet he's saying, yoke yourself to this power. Why? Because I can control it. I can use it as a blessing. And I'm lowly in heart. That means I'm humble. You'll find rest for your souls. All right, go on to the next one. We good still? Everyone good? Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, this is not, this is not a suggestion. It's a command. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness. We're all being commanded to, to learn how to have strength and reserve and long-suffering. Right, let's go to the next slide. The last fruit. I'm excited because we're going to be some fruity people around here. It's going to be good. Self-control. Lord, we need some self-control. It means to control one's desires, emotions, or actions by one's own will. Lord, I need you to control my, my anger. He's telling you, I've given you my spirit. Control it. It means self-command. The ability to self-govern. Bible says if your hand offends you, cut it off. <laughs> if your eye offends you, plug it out. He's not saying self-mutilation, right? He's trying to teach a principle. If there is something in your life that is causing you harm or offense, remove it. Lord, my hand's offending me. I need you to do something. He's like, well, cut it off. You do it. Say, I can't be around that person. They just grind in my nerves. Then stay away. You know? Manage it. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. You do it. Lord, I need, I need deliverance from this. Then stay away from it. You know? Self-control. The ability to govern oneself. Uh, Second Timothy, they're... they're the Bible lets you know what life is going to be like right before Jesus comes back, right? Tell me if any of this sounds familiar. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders. Any of this sound familiar? Just turn on, turn on the news. You'll see all this. Without self-control. Brutal despisers of good. That's going to be part, that's one of the signs of the last days. Yet he's calling his people to bear the fruit of self-control. Why? Because it's, it's a blessing to others when you can learn to control yourself. Isn't it interesting that he grouped faithfulness, meekness, or gentleness, and self-control all together? Because they're all tied together, aren't they? All right, go to the next for me. Proverbs 25, 28, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. If you can't learn to just control yourself, through the help of the Holy Spirit, he'll teach you how to control yourself, to self-govern. If you can't learn to do that, you don't have any defenses. 
you're wide open to attack. No wonder we got so many Christians that are living defeated lives. Why? Because we haven't learned how to control ourselves. Amen? Let's go to the next. Peter says this, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. How do you respond to God's promises? Through faith, right? Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Huh. So he's saying, hey, if you're going to live by faith or live by belief, then you supplement that belief with moral excellence. In other words, live right, okay? God doesn't want a church full of folks, kind of like all these folks that you see that cut up and say, you know, they live all kind of lives of debauchery and then they get an award and they say, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, that's wonderful that they say Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but hey, let's do something about this lifestyle you're portraying (laughs) all over the internet and all over the media, right? He's saying, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and with moral excellence, knowledge. Lord, help us to have knowledge. We live in a, in a world driven by sound bites. Someone will lift about 15 seconds of a speech and we get all up in arms and we don't even understand the context in which the person was talking, right? And all of a sudden it goes viral and everybody's mad about this. Everyone's mad. Knowledge. God gave us brains. Let's use it. We need a little more cerebral activity in the body of Christ, right? Use your brain. Get knowledge. I think it was Maya Angelou said, the better we know, or the more we know, the better we do, right? So if you, the more you know, the, the, the better choice you can make. Once you have knowledge, so supplement it with what? Self-control with the ability to control yourself, to control your temper, control your mindset, control your mouth, Control your appetite. Ooh, Lord, help me on that one. And self-control with patient endurance. That's a, you remember we studied that the other week, long-suffering. And with patient endurance, godliness. That means supplement it with the ability to be godlike. He's called you. You are now a child of God. You were made in his image. That means that you were made to be godlike. What does that mean? You've got the ability to act the way God acts. Well, what's one way he acts? He calls the things that aren't as though they were. He looked at Abram and said, Abram, you're the father of many nations. You're Abraham. Abram said, I don't even have any kids. Well, what did he do? He called him what he wasn't. Yet, you've got the same ability of godliness to speak to things in your life that aren't yet, but you speak to them as if they are. If you're here and you're not feeling good, start speaking over yourself. Self, you are healthy, you are healed, and you are well. Amen? Brother Tokes, can I share the testimony? Last, last week, we were in the midst of worship when we were kind of transitioning. I, I said something about, hey, if, if you need health in your body, just, just claim it. Reach out and get it. And he said that he showed up. He had a... He had a runny nose. He was getting congested. And he was like, man, I don't know how I'm going to be making it through service. I'm going to start sneezing and hacking here or whatever. But in the midst of all that, he said, Lord, I receive it. As simple as that. He said his nose dried up and hadn't dripped since. Amen. Well, what did he do? He called the thing that wasn't as though it was. That's godliness. 
but you get to temper it all with self-control. Go, to the, go ahead and go to the next slide. Let's all stand. Fruitful, being fruitful. It's God's plan for your life. It was the very first thing he uttered. Amen. Let me pray over you guys, and we're going to sing one, one last song as a family. Uh, while I'm praying, the musicians can come. Lord, I thank you for these incredible sheep that you have called to be part of your vineyard, to be part of your herd, to be part of your gathering. Lord, thank you that you would design us and call us to be fruitful, to be blessings, to live a lifestyle of blessing, to bless others. Lord, I pray that you would give us the heart and the mind that when we wake up this morning, one of our first prayer is, Lord, show me someone to bless today in some capacity. Show me someone I can bear some fruit to. Holy Spirit, you activate me to bear fruit. So Lord, I speak fruitfulness over this congregation and I release them to be agents of the kingdom of God to bear fruit and to bless a multitude this week. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, it doesn't take much. Are you? The Bible said if you just believe in your heart that he rose again and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that he is master, that he is in control, that you're saved. If that's you today, I invite you and believe in your heart that he is who he said he is. And pull on your neighbor's sleeve and say, hey, I confess that he's my master and I give my life fully to him today. And we'll celebrate with you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Jesus' name. Let's all worship one more time as a family.